The UDR cast is not affiliated and does not represent any 12-step fellowship. I, Bill Ward, the host of the UDR cast, will be sharing my experience and my journey of recovery. That does include, but is not limited to, the literature contained in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous and the 12 Steps. Our guests will be sharing their own path to recovery and what has worked for them. The UDR cast encourages and supports all paths to recovery. Welcome everybody to the UDR cast. UDR stands for Uncover, Discover and Recover. My name is Bill Ward and I'm coming to you from the recovery capital of Canada, Calgary, Alberta. Here we are going to discuss everything recovery, different perspectives, different experiences, both with the people I know and with others from around the world. If you resonate with anything you've heard on this episode today, we ask that you share it with anyone who you think may benefit from it. If you have any questions or comments, please find us at billward.life and send us a message in the info section. We'll get back to you as soon as we can. If you are interested in more recovery content, you can find the buttons for the YouTube channel and other social media outlets on the homepage and you will be redirected to those platforms. We can recover. One person, one family, one community at a time. Welcome back. Well, we're sitting here with uh, Matt R, Jesse P. We're just going to shoot the shit on on whatever kind of comes to mind. Um, one of the thoughts that we had was, uh, let's talk about Matt. Just took a year. Um, he's been growing like a weed and uh, a lot of good things are happening in his life. And it was funny because Jesse, you had shared at a meeting recently how the first year, everything's fucking roses and we, we kind of equal that to God's will. And, and as we get into our second year, it's not all God's will. And things get really tough and, and people struggle with it, right? So me and Matt were having this conversation. He's like, dude, so many great things are happening. And it made me think, is this God's will or isn't it God's will, right? So, um, you know, maybe, maybe Matt, you could ask us whatever the fuck you want, you know? What, what can you navigate that we've already navigated or, or, you know, what is it in the second year that seems like it maybe isn't God's will? I don't really know, bro, but I am going to turn the mic over to you and uh, let you take it. Thanks, Bill. Yeah, I don't know. That one fucked me up, though. Um, I left that meeting because, like, a whole lot of shit's been coming down the pipe recently. And uh, it's things that that I haven't strived to accomplish that have just kind of landed in my lap. And for me, not chasing this and not trying to acquire it to me at first, it was like, well, this fucking has to be God. Right. But I'd say a solid 85% of what's happening to me right now is that I'm just not as much of a fucking degenerate. Um, I can be trusted with, you know, like I do, uh, I do some, some live event management and things like that. And, in the industry that I'm involved in, I'm one of very few people that won't take the show money and put it up their nose. So is that God's will? Because now I'm, you know, I got a little bit of sobriety under my belt. Is that God acting in my life? Or is that just the natural course correction of being one of very few people that might not go burn the show to the ground based on their addiction, you know? And there's been a lot of, of other micro, um, experiences I think in this past year that it was hard to look at it as like well you know this has to be God right but it was almost to a T what Jesse said in this meeting you know like got my license back paid off all my debts and I was like well yeah I did that um you know the coming to like you know that pink cloud floats in there, the relationships start getting better you know and it, these are all I think natural courses of action when you can remove the substance and start focusing on living a better life. But is that God, you know, and coming to the realization that like, maybe it's not, maybe it is. I, I don't know. I'm not fucking God. I can't say, but for me, the difference in opinion in my last year, in particular, the last six months is it's not only the good that I've seen acting that I believe is God. You know, I had four months sobriety. I thought it was a good idea to go work at a bargain. And uh, I only made it a few shifts. 
and I was sitting at a red light and got hit from behind pretty damn hard and not working at the bar anymore. And, uh, at first I was pissed and I was like, man, I just got this job back. Like, fuck, why would God do this to me? Not even a month before that. So we're talking three months sobriety here. I got the wise idea that like, maybe I should go play in a beer league softball league because that's the right thing to do too. I made it an inning in and on my way out to the outfield, stepped in a fucking hole, blew my ankle out. Didn't even get to play the first game. I was like, well, fuck, you know, I'm trying to get back on my feet, trying to get active. And I was like, this is what God does to me. This shit doesn't make any sense. But given a few months of solid reflection and, and being able to grow and, and learn some, some understanding from some people that I would consider pillars of mine in this program, it's, I don't think there was ever a more forceful hand of God than in a couple of these instances. You know, I knew I shouldn't have been working at a bar. I knew I shouldn't have been playing at a beer league, softball league. But I chose entirely based upon self-will that like, no, maybe it'll be different this time. And who fucking knows what would have happened. But I think that there was some strong interjection there that really didn't give me a choice. I was like, no, you're not doing this, actually. And uh, slow the fuck down and focus on what you're doing. And it was around that turning point that I decided that it was imperative for me to really understand what the fuck am I doing here? How am I going to incorporate this program in all my affairs? I don't know where the question comes out of this, but like, you know, maybe did you guys have any experience in your first couple years of like a really strong hand of God coming in and like redirecting the path that you were moving on? What the fuck are we talking about? Well, for me, my first year compared to my old life, cause my old life I had, you know, I had everything, dude. I had the house, I had the business, I had all the toys, I had the boats, I had, you know, some fucking motorized toys and fuck, I could go anywhere on this earth that free man can go. And I fucking, things were pretty good, you know, earlier. So then to come in here and spend that first year being absolutely fucking destroyed, humiliated, and just trying to get like, my first year wasn't pleasant, dude, at all. And I think that was a benefit to me as I sit here today. But in my first year, bro, I did a job. No, it was about 18 months, maybe somewhere in there. I got a job where I was a fucking ditch guy carrying pipes. And 25 years earlier, I looked at guys doing that and go, thank God I never have to do that. And that's what I had to do. Now I'm 40 some fucking years old doing a job that I swore I would never have to do when I was 24 years old and I'm doing it now. The fucking humility, the humiliation in that. Calling one of my old clients, asking him for a fucking job and not wanting to tell him why I need a job, even though he knows my business is destroyed. And he said, yeah, I'll hire you. You can be a laborer. I'll pay you five bucks more an hour. And here I am fucking humiliated, but I did it, right? getting up at four in the morning to be there for five and fuck, I don't get up that early. One of the reasons I started my company was because I wanted to get up when I wanted to get up. That didn't really happen as I ran my own company, as I soon found out. But another thing, like I was broke, dude, I was literally broke for my whole first year, trying my fucking hardest. I remember I had a go get this guy that I know called me. He's like, Hey dude, you want to come and make some cash under the table? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Cause I'm broke, dude. I got no money. It's fucking Randy. Yeah, come and run a lawnmower whippersnapper. So I go and I meet the group of people at this fucking condo site. And I fucking, I was the last guy on the, on the deal. So I got a fucking whippersnapper. And it was the last shitty whippersnapper. I didn't care. Fuck, whatever. I grab this whippersnapper and I start fucking. And I own a landscape company for fucking 15 years, pretty much. But it was a construction landscaping company. But whatever. I owned whippersnappers. So I knew how to run a whippersnapper. So I'm running this whippersnapper this afternoon, working for this guy for like 15 bucks an hour cash. And fucking this truck pulls up, this nice Escalade, and fucking this guy gets out. I just think he's a resident. And he gets out and he fucking snatches this whippersnapper out of my hands. And he says, you can't fucking whippersnipper. You're scalping all the lawns and blah, blah, blah. Fucking go grab a broom and push broom on the fucking pavement. And I was just like, are you fucking kidding me right now? 
So I go and grab a broom. I start pushing fucking pebbles on the pavement. The humiliation. And then we go to get paid. This guy owes me like fucking a hundred bucks. And he owes Randy a hundred bucks. And he gives me a hundred bucks and says, split this. And I'm just like, what the fuck are we talking about? So old me came back to the surface right there. And I fucking looked him deathly in the eyes. I said, you pay us what you fucking owe us, you motherfucker. And he paid us what he owed us. But the humiliation, dude. And like, I had always driven pretty nice trucks most of my life, a good chunk of my life. I hated Fords. I hated red Fords. I hated two-wheel drives. And I hated fucking um, half tons. I would drive up beside a truck that was a half ton when I had my trucks. I owned a three-quarter tons and one ton. My nicest truck was a one ton. I'd pull up beside half tons and I would just think, fucking, I'm so superior to you in your little fucking half ton fucking five liter truck and mine's like this diesel fucking beautiful thing and then what did i end up getting fucking handed to me in recovery a two wheel a two 1999 red 2000 ford and 2000 six cylinder six cylinder two even wheel drive. two wheel drive red ford fucking, fucking half garbage and i'm just like what the fuck so dude my first year was full of fucking not fucking great experiences where it was God. So when I made the decision that God is everything or nothing back then, God was everything because he had to fucking be to get me through the shit that I had to drag myself through. And I couldn't see that I was ever getting my career back either. And that was fucking tough. But I think that was a benefit for me in my early recovery because a lot of guys get the opposite, right? Kind of like what you're talking about. But I believe what you're getting your, your fucking motive and intention is different than I'm going to say 95% of the men who actually come in here. So I think your situation is different based on your motive and what you're trying to do. And that's right now. Your motive may change. Ego may reassert itself. Maybe you bleed self into your life again and your fucking mind thinks you're all fucking this and that. But the intention within yourself may change. So that's something to watch out for. So Jess, you got to answer for him on that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, just, you know, in regards to what Bill shared, like I was there for all of that. I saw all of that. I could attest that that, that he did. And he drove this red truck for, I'm going to say like fucking two years. Like job prospects dried up. No money broke as a fucking joke for years <laughs> and uh yeah i mean you know what to get humility especially in the material sense a lot of the times it has to be that way one thing i do want to point out i want to point it out very strongly though is that to make the connection that you know like because what we're talking about and what matt has chatted about is a course correct and to make the assumption that every course correct is God, you know, Old Testament type fucking smite me down as soon as I make the wrong move. That connection is very, like very detrimental to an understanding of a higher power. You know, we've chatted about a higher power being in regards to, you know, a passed away family member. That is the main line to this thing. You know, it brings a human connection to this power. You're When you pray and meditate, you're able to see you know, this individual's face. There's not too much you have to understand on that. Uh, it's not very complex. You know, this individual was a good person, you know, loved me unconditionally. That's it. That's all you got to understand, right? So from that standpoint, you know, I always, I, I adopted that, but I also always had God fucking me. God's always fucking me. That's always been my mentality. So when anything that would happen that was negative, God's fucking me. That's like the first, you know, and it's, you know, sometimes it could still come up as that. Like I am the individual who should never got this higher power. I am the individual like Bill Wilson understood many individuals like him would struggle with this higher power. Like probably 90% of the real deals coming into the program is going to struggle with this higher power. And a 10% is going to be already walking hand in hand 
with this god be able to get it right away, which is very fucking rare. And normally when they think they got it, they're already fucking drunk, right? Type of idea. Anyways, in saying that, you know, my first year, much like other guys' first years, like I needed a place to stay. I got a place to stay. I needed a job. It was a bumfuck temp job, but it was something I could pay some bills, making like two grand a fucking month, whatever. It was there, you know, paid off a lot of money in debt in regards to uh, my license, was able to get a vehicle all within the first year. Like I shouldn't have been able to drive a car and get insurance, yet there I am magically. God is great. God is good. Here I am driving again. And, uh, you know, put all that aside. Next thing you know, you know, I'm still stuck at this bumfuck job, you know, still driving this car, same car, you know. And then so the growth as well in the program, you know, was very rapid and now it's not. Now it's plateaued and I'm going to meetings and people, oh, you, you went to your job on time. Oh, Jesse got a year. Oh, you know, and that ceases to exist. Nobody gives a fuck. You got the information. Now you're going to the program. Maybe you're gaining a little bit more respect in the rooms and what you're sharing. And maybe you're gaining a little bit more knowledge in the program, but it's not hard and fast, you know? And so a lot of these things turn in flight because I got all these things and I got all these things fairly quickly that, you know, the growth and the material stagnates, right? My knowledge in the book and my program comes at a slower pace now. It's not all quick, hard, and fast. And that has, that has fucking carried on for years, man. <laughs> like the growth, how slow the growth is. You know, like meditations, what's been revealed, all of it, I could give it to you in, you know, less than a minute, and it's taken years to come, Right? Also, too, you know, a lot of this information on even the book and sponsorship has come over years. And I give all this to sponsees like condensed, like five, four, five years condensed in one sitting couple of months, right? To where they don't even get the fucking growth that I got, right? So, you know, it's all motives. That's, if there's anything I could say, it's getting rid of that fucking God, the almighty and me get completely got that. That's going to fucking, that'll probably kill you. I mean, it's kept me away from God for, I don't know how long or a higher power for, I don't know how long check motives, check motives. What the fuck is your motive to be working at a bar? Right? This is Alberta, right? Like fuck opportunities plentiful here, Calgary, Alberta, Alberta as a whole. And I think that was the important part of the lesson for me is like I justified it fucking eight ways to Sunday you know like it wasn't really a bar bar it was a little live music venue a lot of people come in and drink tea you know I found fucking a hundred different reasons why I thought it could be okay but at the end of the day I'm sitting there pouring fucking drinks all day four months sober you know fucking obsession was far from removed at this point you know I couldn't stop thinking about booze but the insanity of it was just like, no, it's going to be different this time. So whatever the fuck it was, if it was God, if it was just a very strong bout of coincidence that that happened to me when it did, you know, I'm forever grateful that it did because I'll never go back to a fucking bar again. I hated it too. You know, like I never wanted to do that again, but like through ease and comfort, I knew I could do it and I know it could happen really easy. And and that's kind of what brought me back to that to begin with. I didn't want to put the work in to find something better. I didn't want to really figure out what it meant to be to be ultimately of service and how I can do something in my life that may carry, you know, this message and this program a little bit further than sitting there and helping people get drunk, you know. For me, you know, I, I heard a lot in my times around the programs before I, I jumped into this one, you know, like, when I got here, you know, God was this chair in this room or, you know, God was this room or it was my sponsor. And for me, when I got here, you know, there was no fucking God, right? If anything, I was God and I could tell you why God didn't exist. So for me, moving forward in the two and three, trying to understand what God might be for me, 
there was a strong importance for me to not have it attached to anything human, to not anything necessarily physical even. I still don't know exactly where that is for me, but maybe, f you know, I'm not exactly sure where you guys were at with, with your spirituality pre-recovery, but maybe touch on the development of your higher power, kind of where it started, maybe what it's moved into. Um, you know, I have, I have no problem channeling prayer to, you know, people like my grandmother right now, you know, but it's, for me, that can't be all that it is. I have to find something intangible that I know I'm never going to be able to see, touch, feel, smell, because uh, I needed a bit of a bit of blind faith with whatever this is, because anything that I tried before didn't work. So I don't know, maybe touch on the development of the connection with your higher power and early recovery and the transition to now. Well, for me, like I stated, my early recovery was very fucking painful. Um, I think the benefit that I had was I was sponsoring very frequently. I'd get off work at nine o'clock at night and I'd be sponsoring till one, two in the morning. And I would get up at fucking seven or eight and I would feel really good. And I would look at the evidence going, fuck, every time I sponsor late, I still feel good. But then the times when I would be like, oh, I'm just going to relax and take it easy because I need that time for me. I'd wake up tired as fuck. So I started connecting some of these dots. And but also I think the sheer pain that I was living in and through allowed me to be grateful for being able to make it and manage. Although I was, I had like zero dollars to spend. Like I didn't even buy a pair of fucking jeans, bro, for over two years. I never bought a new shirt for over two years. I remember when Jesse and I first started working out in Regina, we were eating $5 pizzas for fucking breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Pizza, pizza. Pizza, pizza. Every fucking day, dude. Yeah. yeah. And... We're talking two years in here, dude. So I think because I had really nothing going my way, I took the little things as, as that's going my way. So that's, and I kept praying and I kept meditating and I kept helping others. And I think through the fucking pain, my connection grew. And as I grew this connection and primarily a lot of it had to do with working with others. Um, it took me to a point where, you know, the pain of my defects was next, bro. The anger, the fucking self-righteousness, the lust. Like I started burning my life down in those areas at 18 months, two years and suffering great fucking pain. And I'm only giving you like a snippet of the shit that I've been through that people don't really understand. But through this pain, it drove me to God. Pain will always drive you to God if you have this belief. And it drove me more to God. And it allowed me to look within myself and discard the things like the book says that caused my failure. The motives weren't in check. My intention was driving my life. I was trying the best I could with the best of intention, but I was still fucking hurting me and other people. And I didn't want to, bro. So it just drove me more and more to fucking God. So that's how my spirituality started growing. It was sheerly through the pain. You know, we've talked about it before. Getting into the step six. Understanding step four. What are these flaws? Can God help me with that shit? And with my belief that he could. And my willingness to relinquish it. It fucking grew. And I'm going to quote a piece out of step six because I love step six because this is what changed my life was any person capable of enough willingness and honesty to try repeatedly step six on all his faults without reservation has indeed come a long way spiritually it's through the relinquishment of my selfish motives and my actions that I actually was able to grow the most spiritually and and it took me to the next levels and the next levels. And, uh, you know, faith alone is insufficient, the book says. So the idea of faith, the theory of faith is insufficient, must be accompanied by the self-sacrifice, an unselfish constructive action. It's through the self-sacrificing, understanding the motives first, 
not intention because intention hides motive where I fucking become willing to relinquish this shit. First, it's out of relief of pain, but then it's out of, I don't want to hurt people and I want to be of service and it actually drives me to the last piece of that prayer. I can be unselfishly constructive action in my life to help other people because of the elimination of my motives of self, which has taken me from the point where, you know what, two years, three years in, I did get my career back. But then I was working in my career. I think it was in about my third and a half, close to fourth year, where I was like, I don't even want this career anymore. And that was a really fucked up point because that's all I wanted. But, you know, that's that's the way it's it's gone. And, you know, it led me to my culture with increased my faith and and fucking, you know, from that point on, it's just grown and grown and grown. And now I'm I'm just, I have to believe in God. Everything seemingly good or bad in my life is fucking God, but I have to align my will. I got to get up and I got to put my work boots on, whatever that might be. And with me, it's my new purpose of trying to be of maximum service through these podcasts. You know, two podcasts, my Instagram, my Facebook, recovery coaching, fucking trying to be an influencer within my native culture to nations and, and the governments and fucking taking this to traveling and doing mini documentaries and all of this shit hasn't come to fruition yet, right? But I got to get up and fucking ask God for the strength and guidance to do this shit and I can only do it with his guidance. Left to my own devices, bro, I will fucking blow it the fuck up and I will live in self-pity and fucking what if and all this other shit. So I need God more than fucking ever. And I want God because I've experienced what the God dope feels like. And I want, I'm a drug addict, dude, alcoholic. I love what makes me feel good. And the thing that makes me feel good is fucking God and being of service. And I love the God dope today. Do I know what's going to happen tomorrow? Fuck no. I know that I'm going to get up and I'm going to put my work boots on. And I'm going to fucking be of service. And that's probably as far as I can really take it right now. But it's kind of how I met you, right? And Jesse and I have grown through the fellowship of the spirit, the fellowship of God. And to have a friend like that to grow with is fucking unbelievable right so so that's my take on my growth and my spirituality and and uh you know many lessons to learn yet like i ain't fucking out of the woods and i never will be there's still pain but there's still a lot of good so that's where i'm at yeah it's it's very rare that i contemplate on any of this kind of shit you know i'm more focused on uh kind of what's next or the present right? Whatever small little plans I could make for the future and definitely try and stay as much as I can in the present. But, you know, when it comes to those times, you know, Bill had mentioned, you know, $5, like honestly, the $5 fucking pizzas were actually, that was be doing okay, dude. That was actually that those times were actually half decent. Uh, you know, like fuck, I remember me like me and Bill have borrowed how much money we've borrowed between each other is absolutely through the roof. I'm sure it is in the thousands of dollars and we're not talking. I give Bill a thousand dollars and he pays me back. We're talking like fucking a 20 spot, a hundred spot here back and forth, 200, 300. I mean, as we were able to get a little bit better and then, you know, it actually has been in, in the thousands at some point. Um, so, you know, in, in early recovery, it, it wasn't so much like what was written in the book. I, I came to an intellectual understanding, but what I understood from my sponsor and also from the book was full-blown alcoholism, me without a drink. That is, that's really what made me feel unique in the rooms. I'm going to rooms, people are talking about, you know, they sobered up and, you know, their life is fucking, oh my God, you know, amazing, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, bro, that's not me, nor has that ever been me. Like, minus alcohol from me. And my, I'm fucking, my life is fucking miserable. I will go to a meeting and I will seriously consider blowing my fucking brains out. Like, I am like an open nerve ending to the rest of the world. Like, I do not fit. Don't look at me. You know, I'm fucking irritable. The whole nine yards, right? And the guy who sponsored me understood that. He understood alcoholism. He understood alcoholism in, 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 in himself. And, uh, you know, he was somewhat well-versed in the 12 steps, but the fact that he understood alcoholism, that clicked for me, you know? It, 
at first it was a bottom of the substance, um, you know, where I understood I could no longer drink, but I thought I could do other things. Although I was able to arrest them for the first year. Um, after these other things, I understood that it was fucking, uh, that it was these, these other things. It was my character. God was involved with the substance. Sure. Like lackluster as fuck, bro. Like we're talking like a surface level, you know, God is the rooms fuck type garbage fucking nonsense. Maybe in the latter part of this year, in the first year of recovery, maybe halfway through in the latter part, you know, I adopted a room with a number of individuals. And that's kind of where it started growing a little bit from there. And then from there, me and God in regards to the character really fucking like Bill's talking about under the lash of alcoholism, you know, pain is a great motivator. Um, you know, out of, out of pain comes wisdom. And out of that pain came the wisdom of a need for a real need of a higher power. Um, you know, I felt fucked in regards to the substance. Sure. But in regards to my own character, in regards to my own thinking, in regards to absolutely every facet of my life, you know, the need for a higher power, the need for the actions of this program and every facet of my life and every black and white word that is in the book, all that lockdown, all that lockdown and has not wavered from that point to this point. And so without this wavering, Without, it's not like, you know, like I would, uh, I'd listen to guys and they're talking about, you know, uh, well, how many meetings you go to, Jess? Oh, you go to four or five. Yeah, I really need to get to more meetings. Like I, I'd never said that before in my fucking life. Why that is, is because whatever had transpired a number of years ago happened, the spiritual experiences from that had happened and everything had locked the fuck down and has never wavered from that point to this point. What's, what's changed is growth. Obviously experiences with that, but the growth from that, from locking that down, you know, has come the growth of my life. No different than step one. It's a, essentially what happened was, was a step one in the defective character and for me, that's a true realization of six. A better understanding of seven and solely practicing seven and fucking humility. Like, truthfully, outside of a lot of the shit that we've chatted about, the practice of humility, the attainment of greater humility is not something that's needed, is something that's wanted, is something that I understand the benefits. I understand the benefits and I want it. The step after that to where this is actually like desire to seek and do God's will is like the main line of what we've chatted about, right? A true desire to seek and do God's will. Understand I need humility because I'm going to fucking die, right? Then I understand humility on a deeper necessity that I want to practice it because I've seen the benefits. Then it's fucking desire to seek and do God's will. I am acutely attuned to this. I am looking for opportunities. Much like in seven, it says, you know, we bring the vision of God's will into all of our activities. The desire to seek and do God's will is of the same caliber. That is of a God conscience caliber. When I go through my life, what opportunity does, does it seek for me to bring God's will into it? That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when I look at people, when I see opportunities throughout the day, where can I bring God into these opportunities? Desire to seek and to do, which means that I am sodding out God and the opportunities that he may afford me in the day, but there's action toward it. It's not all fucking theoretical in my mind. There is action. I am acting out what I saw, what I find. You know, just starting with none of us make a sole vocation of this work, nor do we think its effectiveness would be increased. Uh, if we did, I'm going to just kick it off with that. And then I'll kind of really match my own experience to what Bill's talking about, because it's very similar. It's just different in some respects. You know, that is a line that I hammer home with every guy that I work with. And that was one thing that was attractive 
to me. I did not have to be a counselor at some treatment center, align my career that way in order to get this thing. And that was very attractive, very attractive to me. You know, the original guy who sponsored me was an airline captain. Not to say I was interested in becoming that. What I was interested in is that this man could have a career outside of this thing, whatever that may be, have a fucking family, do, what, do whatever, man. You do whatever the fuck you want and you could have this. And the gentleman who sponsors me now is a, uh, you know, oil and gas engineer as well as a business owner, right? And that's attractive, you know, from a career perspective, not to say I wanted to be an engineer, but just to say whatever the fuck you want to do career-wise, you can do it, still have this thing. So Bill is talking about career, God. We're talking about God's will. What does that look like? We're talking about early recovery. Difficult, Matt. Early recovery, you have made a fucking lifetime of decisions based on self and you have a th theoretical idea. You have no idea like in um, We Agnostic without a reasonable assumption as a starting point. As you take a man through the book, that's all he has. There is no re uh, reasonable assumption as a starting point, much like electricity as a fucking power, right? You are going off of my idea, my experiences as we go through this thing. And that is your reasonable assumption, right? So off of that, now all of a sudden God's will, now all of a sudden God-centered decision, give me a fucking break, dude. No, like... You had made decisions based on self that has later placed you in a position to be hurt. It just so happens that because it is the first year, fucking guys on God's grace, the amount of shit I see guys get away with over a lifetime, the outcome of that in the first year blows me the fuck away. If I did even anything close to that, it's fucking, you know, like there's one story that I really like this gentleman worn out for his arrest, yada, yada. He goes, you know, it says, here I am, you know. Um, and the officer said, listen, nobody filed the fucking charges. So, uh, you know, it's either you sit down for a couple hours, I file the charges, or uh, you fuck off and you're a free man type of thing. And I'm listening to this on the other end, and I'm like, dude, if I, if I even step foot in that headquarters, guns fucking drawn. Cause there was, you know, there was like fucking, there was three warrants out for my arrest that I did. And that's my experience in regards to the building a character. God is very fast and abnormally hard. Like if I get pulled over today being a, you know, gun owner and blah, 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 I'm sure they'd probably strip my car. That is my experience. That's where I need to be in regards to building a character. Because they already had the nonsense, God's grace. That's fucking over now. The more I get experienced in life, the more responsibilities I have in life. You know, just a little, you know, quick-tempered criticism. Ruin a client. quick tetter, you know, big blow up with the lady, that type of stuff. So early recovery, that's my experience with God. It is only when... I filter a lot of those bad, bad uh, motives through as I get more experience, as I practice calling God-centered members, can I even come close to making God-centered decisions? And in my experience, it was probably honestly a fucking year and a half easy before I was actually making God-centered decisions. There's one experience that always sticks. It's burnt into my memory where... You know, I'm working at this job, I think maybe a little bit more career. I burnt it down to the ground, probably a year and a half. And, uh, you know, I could try and give you the information. Naturally, if I have to fucking sell it, though, there's something up. If I have to sell this, so I'm going to buy a new car because I fucking deserve it. Just got a new promotion at work. You know, everything's going good. And, uh, you know, looking back on it, I was selling it. I talked to five guys about it and they said, no, you should buy the car, blah, blah, blah. Looking back on it, this fucking thing would have cost me two grand a month. So it was a 2010 Buick uh, Lucerne Super, black on beige, beautiful car. And uh, I said, there was something off about it, you know? And I was, I started doing some meditation around this time, nothing crazy. 
Nothing like I should have been doing, but enough to get some sort of an intuition. Everybody green lighted it. And I had this gut feeling like there's fucking something off about this. You know, I decided not to do it. Next thing you know, you know, the company went bankrupt just about and uh, I couldn't pay my bills and nor could they pay me. And I would have been on the hook for this car, like 15, 15 grand or so. And uh, it would have been repoed. I would have been stuck with the fucking bill, you know? So it is a mixture of, am I giving the information as unbiasedly as possible, man? And I've worked on that the last number of years. Just, I'm just, I'm laying the chips out, man. I'm laying the chips out. You fucking tell me whatever you have to tell me. Because I'm really sick of this biased, this is what I want. Because what the fuck do I know, man? That's the problem. The problem is, is my best thinking, like literally my best decisions that I could make of my own capacity, I start making some decisions. So Jesse's drunk. Uh, so Jesse's drunk in a couple days. We're talking, I start making some decisions. Eventually it leads me to drink, whether that be a couple months, whether that be a couple years. That's where my best thinking gets. So then all of a sudden I'm presenting, I'm presented with information. And now I take the reins and I start making calls on what is and what isn't. It was only until a lot of these decisions that had been made on self came to fruition. And I had called these guys and I had made enough mistakes that I was able to understand motive, that I was able to give these men the information presented in such a way that whatever, man, like it's not, I'm not leaning towards this. I'm not leaning towards that. I'm giving them the information. Only then can they actually give me an accurate depiction of what they think. Then from there, I compile that. And I compile as much data as I can over time before I make these decisions. And only then am I actually able to bring God in to these decisions. When I make these decisions, even then, whatever is to fucking happen is whatever like I got to a point a number of years ago, I don't give a fuck. Like, do I care? Do I want to make more money? Yeah, like let's not play games. Obviously, I want to make money. What fucking guy does not want to make money? But at what expense? See, there's one thing Bill didn't tell you is throughout this whole time of literally eating financial shit, he was given multiple opportunities to make real fucking money. And he turned them down. Like, you know, he wasn't broke because he made no money. He was broke because he had fucking obligations that he kept with. And those obligations cost more money than a lot of fucking people's mortgages is the reality of it. So he took the path literally of least resistance. He could have got a job within the first year making half decent fucking cash and wouldn't have learned a goddamn fucking thing. Probably would have been drunk. If I had the opportunities that Bill had, I probably would have taken them. But what happened was I was given false opportunities uh, and I fucking, well, I shouldn't say false opportunities. I was given half decent opportunities that I fucking pissed away just strictly out of self. And had I not done that, I guarantee I would have been fucking drunk. It was in the bottom of self that I had been able to know God and any that I was able to even come close to a relationship building one. And since that happened, the biggest thing on how I'm able to bring God into my life today and make God-centered decisions is having a God-centered fellowship around me. And like I said, presenting the information as unbiasedly as possible. Um, you know, are, are there any, are there any things in my life that is difficult to bring God in? My life is fucking such a joke today. Like my life, like I wear what I want to wear. I am who I want to be. I drive what I want to drive. I have money in the bank. I like my life is, is so fucking easy street today that, uh, you know, it, it does, it does bring me to tears. There was just a couple, like even job prospects today. I ended up shutting down a company that I was running just because the uh, the prospects, like the the atmosphere for running, honestly, I, I could make easier money. That's it. That's, that's all I have to fucking say. There is easier ways to make money than the industry that I was in. I have an overhead on this company, this, this, that. 
my significant other said, well, what if we, what if we just don't spend any money? And, uh, you know, I had thought about that. I'd mixed that in with a couple forecasting, like business development, expansion type forecasting. And I said, I'm shutting this fucker down. And as before I did that, I had made some calls. I collected data for two fucking weeks, bro. Called other guys in the industry. Are you going through the same thing? Right. I ended up chatting with my fellowship. This is what I'm thinking about doing. I don't make decisions. Eh? That's moral of my fucking stories. I don't make decisions, bro. I collect data for as long as I need to collect data. I might collect data for a couple fucking weeks because who cares? I don't have to make any fucking decisions right now. If I have to make quick decisions, the odds are, bro, it's fucking, it's, I'm fucking around. I'm fucking about. That's what's happening. So I take my time and I took my time, two fucking weeks. Like I said, talk to guys in the industry. I talked to guys that I was working with. I, uh, you know, I, I made some vetting phone calls, some trolling phone calls, phishing phone calls. What the fuck's out there? What else is going on? How's sales? How's this? How's that? And I came out at the end of it with like four fucking opportunities, four different revenue streams. By the time I came into this program, you wouldn't even look at me as like Bill was lucky enough to fucking sweep floors, man. Nobody was hiring me to fucking do a goddamn thing. I was without a job for like nine months, nine months straight. And like handing out resumes, doing the fucking thing, going to temp jobs, people telling me to fuck. Mind you, I was still drinking for probably fucking three months of it. Like I remember fucking Christmas, uh, one year I was going, uh, I was selling furnaces door to door, still fucking drinking. And I, and I, uh, I blacked out, uh, drunk on somebody's front lawn. Cops were called. It was a big fucking thing. And, and that's how I carried on in my career. That's what the fuck I did. That, that is who I am. When I want my own omnipotence and I can't give that up feelings of God within oneself, that's where I get me. The decisions and all that other shit makes little difference. It is, I can't give up my omnipotence. And you know, when I say my life is easy street today, uh, that's because I ate shit for fucking years, bro. That's because I ate, I ate shit, financial shit, everything. Like Bill's talking about humility. Like I fucked dude, humility on a daily basis and not like me practicing humility. Oh, I want humility. I'm fucking humbled, bro. I'm fucking humbled around every goddamn corner, man. Like I'm going to fucking meetings and, and I'm asking for cigarettes and and I remember, I remember what it was like, like needing money, needing gas in the tank and like messaging Bill and being like, Hey bro, you got like fucking 50 bucks. You could, you know, send me. And he's like, bro, all I got is like fucking 75 and we would split 75. Like that's, that's what the fuck I'm talking about. Like, you know, people say God don't, God doesn't pay the bills, has no idea what the fuck they're talking about. Like my bank account currently now my spouse's bank account currently now is an aspect where I live. Everything is, is God. Like you think I could fucking accumulate that on my own? Here's the thing. Can I accumulate money on my own? Absolutely. Can I accumulate good looking cars? Not a fucking problem. Can I accumulate women? Sure. How long though? How long bro? Until I fuck that up. Cause we both know there's no, there's no fooling. Like, I know, I fuck me. Bill talked about, you know, Bill fucking Bill. I fuck myself. And I've been doing that my whole life. The difference is I've been, I've been blaming it on you. I've been, you know, I'm going to fuck me. And then from there, I'm going to blame you. And then from there, you know, it's, it's, it's somewhat justified. Is, yeah, I could get a woman. How long is that going to last? I could get a half-decent car. Looks good on the surface. How's that going to last? You know, how long? You know, with God, I obtain these material things and they're stable. I obtain money today and it's, and it's in the account. It's not government's fucking, you know, Hey, Mr. So-and-so, you owe us X and X amount of dollars. How would you like to pay? None of that shit. All of it's stable today. And from there comes the humility, understanding that I of my own cannot accomplish that. And then from there comes feelings, a sixth sense, a presence that I'd never known in my life that the only time I was ever able to achieve it was through drinking. And even when I was able to achieve it, it was fleeting and soon lost. That's all I have to say on that topic. Fucking all you have to say. Good Lord, that was a... Uh... 
wasn't as long as fucking Bill because there's no way, dude. I was fucking dynamite, bro. This guy I would have let you keep going for another fucking whole 15 fucking minutes. Time. <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, I think that fucking nails it, you know, and, and coming to the understanding that like, I know sweet fuck all. And if I start making decisions, I'm in a world of trouble, you know, something that I don't think is impressed upon nearly enough, you know, is the importance of that data acquisition. And, you know, especially in my first little bit and feeling the need to write every spot check out, you know, looking, it was like, fuck, I'm going to be sitting here all fucking day writing, you know, (laughs) nowhere does it say that I need to. I do what's asked of me now. And, you know, coming out of the, out of the mindset, we're like, I would handpick that one person to call knowing that that one person would tell me exactly what I needed to hear. And that was it. God centered call done. I'm fucking doing God's work now. Right. And it's, it's growing to the understanding that like you're destined to fucking fail. If, if that's the way you're looking at it, you know, if, if I've, if I'm stuck with uh, dealing with an action that I've made or, or a serious life decision, you know, I was always a spur of the moment, like people pleasing, like, yeah, I'll give you a fucking answer right now. And nine times out of 10, as soon as the conversation's over, I regret it. So like now, you know, trying to learn to take some time and, and to actually speak to God centered people and the ones that are probably going to piss me off with their answers, you know, but especially, you know, through trial and error of this process. And, you know, now I make three calls in a row and I get the same fucking answer three times in a row. And it's not the thing I want to hear probably the direction I should be going. You know, and I think I think what you guys have just covered pretty much sums up the entire fucking thing we're talking about here. And uh, what the fuck are we talking about here? What the fuck are we talking about? You know, we you know sweet fuck all in early recovery, and uh, the only way I think to get there is to to continue working with this higher power shit. And the only way that we can truly find and understand that is is to work through this in the way that it's laid out in this program and to learn from people that have figured it out a lot fucking sooner than we did. So thank you guys both. I think, uh, I think we got some good shit out of this and very excited to see what this looks like together. Uh, Jesse, thank you again for taking the time for this. Right on boys. Thanks for a good sesh until next time later. Thank you for tuning into the UDR cast. We hope you have enjoyed this episode. The viewpoints and the opinions expressed today were solely of the individual sharing them. If you resonated with this episode, please follow us and share this link with anyone that may benefit from it. Please visit us at billward.life to see everything that we have going on. We can recover one person, one family, one community at a time.